0: What is up guys, welcome back to the show. We have got the conclusion of last week's chat with Jim and Hari from the What Do We Know podcast. So this is a part two, we are jumping right in the middle. So don't forget to go back and listen to the first half of this or it might not make complete sense. But these guys were a ton of fun and they had so many great questions, particularly for those just finding Bitcoin And in this part, we get into all sorts of fun stuff like keys, wallets, the different ways to buy Bitcoin, and kind of that path forward, the future potential, and why it is that we are still very early uh, in Bitcoin's uh, life cycle. A quick thanks to Bitbox, the standard in simple and secure hardware wallets, and to Level.co, the only option for full Bitcoin banking services for their support of Bitcoin Audible. Uh, I did cut out the initial section of the What Do We Know podcast where the gang are just kind of riffing on stuff and having a good time. I wanted to keep this just to the Bitcoin content and their thoughts after the interview. So don't forget to check out the What Do We Know podcast at guyswan.com WDWK for What Do We Know. But with that, let's go ahead and jump back into the show, our chat on the what do we know podcast part 2 all right so what do you say we get back into our
1: interview in part 2 with bitcoin zone guy swan let's do it How do you keep your bitcoin uh because I'm, I'm familiar with the term of a, of a bitcoin wallet um but mm-hmm. i don't really understand it uh but i but i know that my bitcoin is still in exchanges which sure. according to some people means it's not really my bitcoin
0: yet because i don't i'm not physically- you have you have an iou you have someone who owes you bitcoin yes um uh, so like coinbase in this example they owe you however much bitcoin you have on that platform the problem is um, is that if somebody hacks them and takes it all, there's no way, you know, there's no real insurance policy for Bitcoin because it is 21 million and if a hacker withdraw manages to withdraw everybody's Bitcoin because they steal the keys from Coinbase, um, Coinbase can't go in and fix that. That makes me feel better. Yeah, Uh, uh, Coinbase can't call up the bank or the president and be like, "Well, emergency action, let's undo this." Again, Bitcoin is irreversible. That's its power. The fact that you know they can't reverse it is how you know it has unbelievable assurances that are wholly unique on the planet. Um, So it is, it is scary, um, and at the same time, it is groundbreaking uh so because of that you holding to own bitcoin like you don't actually have like the bitcoin like the like the tokens themselves they just exist out there like everybody has a copy of them but the thing is is that you are the only one if you hold a secret like, kind of like a password essentially if you hold this secret and you don't tell anybody else a, a key um you're the only one who can unlock those bitcoin so everybody has a copy of them and they have a copy of the lock that uh, is keeping them, keeping anyone from being able to edit that explicit part of the Bitcoin system, and you are the only one with the key that can go click and prove that yep this lock coincides with this key, and then you can move them somewhere. Uh, so what your wallet is is a place to store your keys. It's like it's like your keychain is not your car or your house, but is the only reason you can get in your car and go. Or get into your house, and without the key, you can't. Um, well, except obviously, somebody could break in a window or uh, hotwire your car. But there is none. There is the the equivalent of that in Bitcoin doesn't exist. You have to have the key.
1: So I can um, just call Coinbase and be
0: like, "Give me my keys." I sound like me, like at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You you would withdraw, and what they would do is they would send them, they would unlock it on their side with their keys, and then they would relock it with the key that you gave them. So it would be on, it would be on your, but that's the equivalent of just withdrawing. They just send the Bitcoin to you. So if you want to hold your own keys, uh, like I have a hierarchy for however much it's worth. Like if I'm only like carrying around like a few hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks, maybe, maybe a thousand bucks or something like that when it's getting into, I would really like to not lose this. Um, I will, I will keep that amount or less on my mobile phone but I almost explicitly keep it on a wallet where I know if I lost my phone, I wouldn't lose the money. So like uh, hexa wallet has a really cool backup system. Casa wallet uh, and green wallet are kind of my go-tos for that. Um, because if I lose my phone for any one of those backups are like encrypted and stored in multiple different places. So I know that I can just buy a new phone and then connect it to those multiple different places again, uh, like iCloud or, uh, you know, maybe one of them will uh, share a piece of it with a contact. There's a couple of little clever systems um, and log back into my, my account or whatever. And then it will grab all those different pieces, put them back on the phone and then unlock them. And then I have my wallet just as if nothing happened so it's fascinating but the, the beauty of it is you can split up keys this is digital information so you can split it up into 100 pieces and make it so that you only need 50 of them to get it back and put it in 100 different places uh it's programmable like you can just tweak it and do whatever you want um and that's kind of the beauty of this thing is there's completely unique uh like custodial models that no other you can't do with anything else
1: So when we're talking about this, when because it's very possible to lose your keys and lose your wallet and and lose the money in there Yeah, being in for nine years. Trust me, I know how to do that. (laughs) I believe that we could do an entire podcast on that subject, I would imagine at that point. But at the same time, the difference is um, no one finds it. It's not like if you lose it's gone. gone. Like when you drop a hundred dollar bill on the ground, it disintegrates in this case, instead yeah. of instead of you know someone else picking it up and running away with it. Wow. Yeah. That's There's no forgot
2: password link. There's <laughs> not.
0: And it doesn't take nope. face ID
1: or my thumbprint. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. all right, now you can the have the drawing a, board.
0: That's the thing, is that you can have a client. You can have a piece of software that uses that as like a backup to, to grab the key from somewhere else. And that's kind of the beauty of it is that like people can program really clever solutions around that problem. But those solutions have existed for five years. So if you've been in Bitcoin for nine, you know what it's like before any of that stuff even <laughs> existed. Um, and, uh, uh, but luckily, that problem is much, much less of an issue now. People used to l- lose Bitcoin like oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, okay, somebody deleted fifty thousand Bitcoin. That is very unfortunate. Um, but the beautiful thing, like like this, I don't think I have my, I don't think I have my BitBox handy. Um, but like there are these things called hardware wallets. Uh, and like, this is a cold card. I'm going to press you on
1: that. That looks like a 1980s solar calculator.
0: (laughs) That is, it's it's a joke that like, this is like, you got to get your Bitcoin calculator. Okay. Um, That's what it looks like, right? (laughs) Yes. But this is a place to, uh, keep your keys on a piece of hardware that even if you plug it into a computer that is just loaded with viruses, Trojan horses and malware, this thing keeps it safe. Really, so you can send a transaction on the nastiest computer, who's you know been used by everybody in the neighborhood. You know the neighborhood bicycle version of a computer, <laughs> and you know <laughs> that your Bitcoin are safe because this thing allows like three pieces of communication, um, and it's and and it's simple, simple push uh, information. So nothing can get into this. This is a this is a hardware device designed to hold keys as securely as possible and what's beautiful is that like this is something this is referred to as HSM uh hardware uh sec- security module um and uh, our signing module I ca- I can't remember um but this is like something that major corporations and stuff have been using for ages because you know a normal ass username and password it does doesn't do well when you're dealing with billions of dollars right um so this is this is a market that like major Major companies, governments, and all of these institutions have been doing for a very, very long time. Uh, and I actually had a guy, the the guy who does the bitbox um on my show uh, just the other day, and he said he has a good friend who uh, works in the HSM industry. Uh, and he said that the general consensus is that the ones around Bitcoin are quite superior to the industry for corporate, like corporate and like government sure security like key management and it's because there's no backdoor. like there's no there's no alternative if your keys are lost uh so like ledger trezor bitbox cold card kobo vault i mean there's tons of them now and i love them i, I get one of every one of them like i blow i blow money on bitcoin hardware wallets like it's like they're free um see that scares me about it though too because we're certainly it should and it's and, and, nervous it's unfamiliar
1: Especially when we talk to an older population. You're like, the good thing about this is we don't have to trust people. We just trust the computers. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's not helping. You know what I mean? But then it's also like, I'm like, okay, I want to get more into this world. But then it's like, oh, Coinbase is going to take their fee. Oh, and then I've got to buy this hardware wallet. It's like someone walking me down a path where everywhere I have to tip every person along the way to get there. And now my $100 investment, it's like it's gone up 30%, but only $18
0: of that $100 you spent got invested. Yes, this this you get with if you've got a hundred dollars, just get a mobile wallet, just get a decent mobile wallet. Okay, that's all you need. Um, this is uh, like the Bitbox is like a hundred bucks. Uh, the Trezor, I think this guy is like 150 bucks or something like that. So these things are not like super cheap. Um, at least not for storing a hundred dollars. Like, okay, sure, you already did it, you bought one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, uh, but uh, if you have ten thousand dollars. In Bitcoin, if you have like a significant investment and you don't have one of these, you're stupid. Like, okay. You need to just take that next level and learn how to really hold your own keys. Okay. Um, but so it's just a matter of like how much you have invested, what level of risk you're willing to take. Um uh and uh, so I just recommend it like like I said, like anything like a thousand dollars or less, I'll be okay with keeping it on a mobile wallet. But when I'm like looking at four thousand dollars, it goes on, it goes on one of my wallets, period. Gotcha. It goes on one of my hardware. What do um, you? And,
2: sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah.
1: No, when you talk about the, when you talk about keeping it in a mobile wallet on your mobile device, that means if I physically lose my cell phone, is it gone forever, or is it backed up in my
0: iCloud? That's the thing. Is it depends on your wallet. Okay. Um, uh, most wallets prior to like two or three years ago, yeah, it was gone. <laughs> if you lost your mobile wallet, it was gone. Oh my god. Um, uh, yeah, and people lost it because of that. Um Could you imagine I mean, it's like, like a wallet with cash in it really so uh and the you can't back up your cash you can back up your mobile wallet but if you lost okay. your wallet with cash in it it's gone right
1: right but this is more than your, just your cash if you're keeping all your i mean this is like this i is got like drunk last night that you have in
2: cash <laughs> <laughs> i lost
1: the deed to my house i like
0: i had <laughs> yeah, my entire else portfolio can open it, right? on the wallet but, but you, nobody else can, can open either it. yeah um but it disintegrates like like he said, it's dropping cash on the ground and disintegrating. Um, uh, but that's kind of the beauty of the new the new wallet stuff. Um, uh, like I mentioned, Casa uh, uh, Hexa Green, Green, like these sorts of things. What they will do well. Th- there's also like the most basic form of backup, which is referred to as a seed. Like so, your key is something that you can just regenerate. Uh, and the wallet, when you first set it up, will give you 24 words like just randomly generated words. It was like Apple, Captain, Banner. Like like it will just like read this out to you. And, and if you write that down. If you write that down on a piece of paper and you keep that piece of paper safe, um, like you can lose everything. Your house can be like, let's say you've got it in a safety deposit box or something in a bank. Your house can burn down. You can lose all your mobile phones, everything, et cetera, et cetera. You just go back, get a new mobile phone, spin up that wallet or any wallet and punch all those words into it. And it will regenerate it as if nothing ever happened. Um, So that seed is everything. But in that same way, it's really dangerous to have that seed sitting around. Uh, And like a lot of people get caught with like malware because they try to buy hardware while it's on Amazon. Never buy from a reseller. Ever, 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 ever. These are high security devices. Buy from Trezor, from cold card from Bitbox. Uh, you don't want anyone to hold it before it goes to you um, and people will get caught with malware that says uh, you know they'll download like a plug- in and be like, welcome to your new hardware wallet punch in your 24 word seed. Nothing will ever ask you for your 24 word seed <laughs> ever ever ever. <laughs> when you set up a wallet it will it will give it to you like while you're setting it up. Um, but please don't ever punch it in anywhere. Because as soon as you put it on the internet or give it to somebody else, they have your keys just as easily as you do, and they will they will sweep those funds the second they get in there. Um, so, think treat those like the actual gold, and if they exist anywhere else, somebody else has got your gold.
2: Now, as far as uh, like somebody new to Bitcoin who's like s- watched the value of it run up and is thinking. Yeah, uh, Well, it's too late for me to get in. Like, what do you say to somebody like that?
0: Was it too late in 1992 to get on the internet? <laughs> um, uh, I literally, um, like, I think, uh, like, are you using it at Best Buy? Like, can you, like, how easy is it to use it? But like, can everybody just really easily go do that? Like, we are so early still. I understand that it looks like, oh, it just had this big run up. But all of the potential is ahead of it um like we are very very much at the beginning of this thing like i I see this as really 20 years out before we're really looking at this truly becoming what it's capable of becoming um in the same way that it was kind of a 30 year span until the internet was really the internet netflix and facebook and zoom meetings and like all this stuff uh i think in 20 years we're talking about streaming money we're talking about um, fully decentralized infrastructure where everybody just pays by packet, um, and you know you get basically an ad-free experience of this alternative internet. There's the freemium internet, and then there's the secure and uh, ad-free internet, uh, and uh, that that we're literally using this thing to go in. We're scanning a QR at the at the checkout aisle. Um, I, I still think we're that far away from it, and the funny thing is, is every single time the new person gets on the network the only thing that can adjust to the additional demand and the additional people realizing just how secure and valuable this thing is and it's unfamiliar there's a huge learning curve um but the only thing that can adjust is the price more people and more people use it more people demand it the price goes up um and the supply doesn't you know the supply is actually declining in how much it increases as time goes forward until we hit 21 million what number are we at uh, for how many exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're just shy of uh, 19, 19 million. million. I can run the numbers really. Wow. Like no, that's.
3: Um, 18. And, I 6, one, I
1: and I own one. And I own one, 100,000th of one of those. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm really. But see I'm the beauty of, big of it, you know
0: exactly how much of the entire network you own and nobody can ever contest that. Like you will always own that amount. Like if you own $20, you don't own $20 of like a specific pie. Like, right. Like, somebody the pie will just double in a couple of weeks because it's really important that all these corporations get these loans of money that nobody doesn't exist. Right. Um, And so you just get devalued. You just get wiped out. Like I just watched uh, um, a home alone last night. Like we're on the Christmas movie every night, kid. Uh Uh, And uh, you know, the scene where he goes and uh, he goes to the shopping store and like, you know, they're like, what are you doing here? Nine year old kid, (laughs) you know? Uh, Well, he buys like, it's like all this stuff is like orange juice, milk and toilet paper and like all this stuff. And at the end of it, she says it's $19. <laughs> and and i like my immediate thought was that like that was $70 worth of crap. Right. right. <laughs> That's because nobody owns a fixed pie of dollars. Yeah. There's literally like 10 times as many dollars in the system as there was in the 90s. So if you were saving money in dollars, you just got butt raped. Yeah, like you, just, you just got wiped out like your twenty dollars in then could have filled your grocery cart, And now you get like, you know, a, one of the cheap mugs at Target and a gallon of milk. That's exactly. Basically
1: it. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Um, Guy, one of the controversial pieces of this show is uh, we have a segment. Uh, it's America's favorite segment. Not no, it's James. Not. by that it's reaction, not, dude. Here's the thing about it, guy. It's uh, it's a segment we all know and love, and it's called Harry's Hot Button. And the thing about it is every single time we do an episode, Harry introduces it a new way. We never know what that way is going to be. James is never comfortable with it, but he's especially uncomfortable today. Right now.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's
1: going to be it's because it's always uh, it's always uh, crapshoot. We never, it's, it's a roll of the dice. We're looking for 10 ones, you know, and we've got nine zeros most of the time, basically guys. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to, we're going to introduce, uh, America's favorite segment, Harry's hot button. Take it away, Harry.
2: Hey, Gary, I just made $200,000 speculating in Bitcoin. How was your Tuesday? Uh, well, Steve, uh, I just lost (laughs) $200,000.
0: Ooh, that's hot. Did you ever wish, like me, years ago, that you could just do all of your banking in Bitcoin? That I'd have a bank account that would just instantly convert between dollars and Bitcoin whenever I needed it to. I had a connected debit card, all the ACH transfers, direct deposit, etc. Well, it's here. Level.co is full Bitcoin mobile banking services with all of the above and a free exchange. That's right, there's no trading fees. Level.co believes that the future of Bitcoin and finance in the digital space is free, and they intend to be the pioneers that make that happen. So check them out at level.co, that's L-V-L dot C-O, or right at the top of the page at guyswan.com. And if you wanted a no-fee Bitcoin exchange and banking services, Level.co is the only place you need to go. Let's jump back in to today's show. <laughs> God damn, all right. It. Oh, all right. That was uh, horrible.
1: You, and and what was the lounge music about? Were, were you guys at the Dresden from uh, from Swingers? That was the <laughs> musical choice.
2: I needed it to sound like a casual conversation. It sure so. did.
1: <laughs> the Beagle. Just a Nobody
2: couple of pounds
1: hanging out discussing their Bitcoin. In my I hotel pulled bar. up
2: relaxing conversation music background to play as conversation music.
0: <laughs> I'm just sitting at the bar in the Holiday
2: Inn. <my> <Bitcoin>. Uh, guy obviously
1: this is this is a super popular subject right now as Bitcoin continues to grow and, and, and rise and and there's a lot of controversy out there but is there a particular hot button that, that you can speak to that's going on right now
0: all of it yeah <laughs> the whole thing right the whole thing uh, there's there's like a million in fact there's a beautiful this is like one of my favorite things so uh, uh, one of my uh, favorite writers in this space um, uh, made a Made a die for like all the controversial issues. Everything <laughs> that you can talk about, like why uh, Bitcoin isn't going to work, or like why it's doomed, or why you shouldn't use it. And, and that's not uh, a
1: six-sided. That's like a Dungeons and Dragons like twelve-sided yeah, like die. Like, full three,
0: four, five, six. It's like twelve. It's twelve-sided. <laughs> um, and uh, so, like, you can just you just roll it. Like, if you want to write an article and talk about like how Bitcoin isn't going to work. You just roll and you get one of these controversial issues and then you just hit your bullet points and you're good. You got like 100,000 clicks on that article.
1: That's hilarious. Um,
0: so it's like it doesn't scale. Um, uh, forks will inflate it when people copy paste it. Uh, Satoshi's got like a million coins. China controls it. Uh, <laughs> unstable fees. Uh, drugs. Uh, it's going to boil the oceans. Uh, there's no merchants. Uh, just I mean, just 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 go on and on. Um <laughs> Probably probably the top two are drugs and uh, its energy expenditure. And I think those are just not fully understanding that uh, if it doesn't work for drugs, then it's not actually cash. It's not right? Easy, right? <laughs> like, you, you know, like it's it's not an independent communication medium if you can't put porn on it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if somebody can say you can only use it for this, well, then somebody is just, somebody owns it. Somebody controls it. Um, so if it's independent, if it's censorship resistant, yeah, somebody's going to buy drugs on the internet. Duh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. <laughs> well, not Here's to mention, lie.
1: that uh, makes it seem more like a currency to me. I mean, people right? use money to buy drugs and then literally use money to put them up their nose. like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They use the new money twice. to buy them on the internet, and the old money to snort it up. Their way. <laughs> like this is this is our way on Earth. <laughs> um, the other one would be the energy expenditure. This is far more nuanced and really difficult to understand. If you just on a surface level be like, "Oh my lord, Bitcoin uses so much energy." Uh, it's going to boil the oceans and the whole world's going to die. In the ocean. <laughs> um, very easy to make that assumption. Uh, and it's an extremely complex issue. But what's funny is when you really dig into it, there's something incredibly elegant about the incentives that Bitcoin puts in the energy sector. Um, and there's a reason why something near 70%, I mean, estimates are, you know, give or take 20% really, Um, uh, but 70% is using totally wasted or renewable energy sources. Uh, And no other energy can boast that. And the reason is is because Bitcoin does not compete with Main Street. Like, you, you know, somebody doesn't plug it in next to the Best Buy and like start mining energy. That price of energy is way too high. And your margin is explicit to what your cost of energy is. So, um, uh, actually, the guy who created this dice uh, has one of my favorite articles on it, and it's called "The Last Word on Bitcoin's Energy, is Energy Consumption." Um, and uh, he uses an analogy that uh, there has been no tool that can consume energy profitably, that has ever had the characteristics of Bitcoin. Like no matter what you use, like you can't just like cut it on whenever you know, your energy is suddenly not profitable. You can't like, like you know, natural gas flaring or whatever. Like, you know, they, they don't do anything with it. They just set it on fire while they're mining oil because there's literally no profitable way to make use of it. You can't like run an AWS, like an Amazon server with it. Sure. Because like, if the if they're not flaring something, my website goes down, I try to log into it. And it's like, no, no, no give it give it like eight or nine hours. Like there'll be some more methane to flare and then we'll turn your website back on. It's like, well, no, you need it when the user needs it. Bitcoin is something that can profitably use energy that does not have a time constraint. Like you can turn it on whenever the hell you want. You can turn it off as soon as it's not worthwhile. Um, And because of that, he used an example of like imagine a topographical map of the world where energy is really high and there's like mountains. And then where energy is completely just thrown in the trash, like two thirds of the energy doesn't even make it to the consumer. It's just lost. It's lost because they have to produce extra and run it into the ground while people aren't using it. Um, Cause they burn off methane because they're, they have to run a dam. You know, they can't just dam it up until somebody needs it. They just got to flow and produce terawatts of energy that just gets pumped into the dirt. It just doesn't do anything. So topographical map where the price of uh, energy is high, there's mountains uh, and then there's valleys and troughs where the price of energy is low or zero or negative uh bitcoin is like pouring a cup of water on the planet it just fills in all the valleys it it immediately people pick up thousands of miners and they just rush to the place where they're burning off methane where there's a dam that nobody's plugged into and then they plop down and then they start mining for the cheapest energy on the planet so because of that there is no incentive to use renewable and wasted energy that has that could even come close to matching bitcoin I actually think it's one of the most powerful natural subsidies for energy efficiency as we have ever had. Um, And uh, it's a fascinating topic, but it's about nine hours. So, well, I'm sold.
1: It's <laughs> it time for me to replace my regular wallet with one of those calculators. I think that's the uh, no. This is fascinating, and um, you've been incredibly generous with your Can time. Can I get
3: one. I want to get one thing in here before Please. we close out. So um, I'm kind of I'm newer right. to the space. Like I'm a newer investor in Bitcoin, um, but I you know I I love it so much, dude. Uh, and partially thanks to you. Um, but oh, yeah. as a as someone who's new to the space, uh, it is increasingly more and more obvious that it is very easy to get scammed. Uh oh, there's, yeah. There's all kinds of scammers out there. Um I was just looking at Twitter uh while this was going on actually and like a, a pretty decent coiner on here uh with a decent following got like a message from a scammer for for uh pretending to be ledger. Um mm-hmm. and like I just want to know like for for the new people in the space, like how do you how can you tell what's a scam how do you avoid scams? Like, Is it, is it easy? Is it hard? Like, what, what, what are some of the steps you can take to, to avoid getting scammed?
0: There's a great article, uh, and it is one of the quintessential you-gotta-read-it pieces in Bitcoin, obviously in audio on the show, um, called Everybody's a Scammer. Um, and uh, basically, the assumption when you first get in, assume everyone is trying to take your Bitcoin because if you accidentally give it to them you're not getting it back and only do anything after you learn about it be very very skeptical and very very slow about doing anything nobody's giving away bitcoin nobody is ever if you send bitcoin to this address they're not sending twice as much bitcoin back <laughs> like you're just sending it to them um and there are tons of scams that do that um uh, and if anybody is giving away a free token, that's because it's not worth shit. <laughs> um, uh, so just stay away from those. Uh, don't give your seed phrases to anyone and learn as much as you can. Um, I, I like to say dip your toes in first because you got to have some skin in the game to actually want to learn. You know, like it's so easy to just procrastinate and be like, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, so, you know, buy $50 on cash app or Swan or something like that. That was
3: my next question. Like, where's a good place to kind of start if you're new?
0: Yeah. Uh probably the most trustworthy in the US to me, like the ones that I really swear by are uh Swan Bitcoin, Cash App, River.com. Uh in Canada, uh Bull Bitcoin is a great one. Uh in the EU, uh CoinFloor. CoinFloor has been around for a long time and they're the only ones that every single month do a proof of reserves. So they actually they actually do a public, like signed Bitcoin on the chain audit. Cool. Like this is how much our users have and this is how much we have. We can fulfill every IOU. Um, uh, so CoinFloor has been around for a long time. They're, I, I, they do not get enough uh, props for being the only freaking exchange that does that. Hmm. Um, uh, so those are all great options um and uh, maybe level.co they look like really awesome as well but again they're only available in 28 states so uh,
3: i was looking at that they say there's no trading fees not even hidden ones which is insane
0: yeah yeah they have a uh they have like a if if i understand it correctly i haven't really dug into it but they have a freemium model where uh, you just pay a basic fee to withdraw um and then uh to get no trading fees no exchange fees anything like that it's just like a 9 dollar a month it's just like a
3: what oh that's circles. great that's really and good. it's like that's so brilliant <laughs> that, that's right so it's like
0: good. dirt simple yeah um
3: i can't wait for uh, this to come out dude holy
0: shit i know it's <laughs> it's not in north carolina and it's driving me crazy like i want to, i want to play so bad oh it's um, iphone
3: only too damn it well
0: oh jesus we'll see. iphone and there's there's web-based there's web-based oh word okay good. yeah um but uh yeah i'm really excited about that but those are those are those are great options
2: awesome and when you talk about like you know somebody just getting their feet wet taking 50 bucks and mm-hmm. buying bitcoin we're we're not talking about a speculative kind of nature right so it's not about waiting for the price to go down or the right timing you just you're just buying bitcoin like there's no
0: the bad time to get in the price is down like this is like I, like don't think about it like trading think about this on a scale of 10 20 years like think like like this is a this is going to be here for a long time um, and so if you're buying $50, I mean, if the price falls, okay, yeah, get it get it when the price falls. $19,000 is a low price for what it's actually valuable at. You're taking advantage of a huge information asymmetry. It's still incredibly unfamiliar. It's awkward to most people. There's a lot to learn, and very few people use it uh, in, in the grand scheme. People invest, but they still don't even know what they're invested in. This is great. That means there's huge potential.
2: i I think Um, one thing that's hard to you know for somebody who's not very knowledgeable about bitcoin to wrap their head around is like seeing that one bitcoin is worth you know nineteen thousand dollars or something like that maybe that's the wrong way to look at it
0: uh a sat is like 0.019 pennies so uh that's why sats the standard um satoshi is the smallest unit like so just like pennies to the dollar. Um, a Satoshi is one, one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Uh, uh I we're, have a we're, of a we're Satoshi. trying to, we're trying to, <laughs> uh, trying to, uh it, it's really hard because it's like, it's like, you know, meters. It's like, it's like saying, Oh, a kilometer is so long. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, well we, you buy centimeters at a time. Um, uh, and, uh, in that same way, one Bitcoin is actually a crap ton of units on the Bitcoin network. It's just the original because, you know, when they're all worth zero, uh, when the network goes live, it doesn't really matter that it's listed as a Bitcoin. So it seems like Bitcoin's price is really, really high. But you you work in sats. You know, you don't spend $19,000 or buy $19,000 chunks unless you're crazy and you're Michael Saylor or you know, Paul Tito Jones or something like that.
1: Classic um, Michael Saylor dig. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm sorry, uh, but no, no, but when, when you <laughs> we'll look at that though, you not to. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at that though, what that tells me is that the current entire valuation of Bitcoin at nineteen thousand dollars a piece for twenty-one million is four hundred billion dollars U.S. currently,
0: somewhere around there. It's like three sixty or something. Yeah,
1: which is not. It's not that big. Right. For what it is big,
0: but it's for, for what it is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's it's something
1: that can certainly be much larger than that.
0: Yeah. It does not take a lot of buyers to send it to 500 billion, 600 billion, et cetera.
2: Is the expectation that like sometime down the future, like our paychecks are going to be Bitcoin. Like there's not just going to be dollars anymore. It's all Bitcoin.
0: Long-term. Yes. Um, Long-term. I, I genuinely think so in the short term, one of my favorite topics to hit and that is deeply misunderstood by people is just how utterly broken the fiat system is. Um, how what a disaster the current banking and financial system really is going through. And uh when you really get it the nitty and gritty and you do the numbers, it is there is very little hope uh, for the uh, midterm future of that system it is on shaky foundation if there was ever a way to describe a foundation as shaky Uh, and uh, because of that the i think it will be the only reason that the that it actually stays propped up is because we will be able to leverage bitcoin as a stronger foundation to keep it alive so uh in the same way that you know your grandmother swore she was never going to use the internet that, uh, oh, I can't figure out email and all that stuff. This is too complicated. I'm not going to buy a desktop computer. That's too much of an investment. Why would I do that? You know, you think about it. The internet had all of these expenses too. You think, oh, I had to buy a $100 hardware wallet. That's terrible. Well, you also had to buy a smartphone, a computer, a modem, and a router. You know, like, but you did it because the incredible benefits of getting on the internet were worth it. Really, Bitcoin is just kind of a little addition to the expenses we're already used to to get tapped into this financial system. But I think just like your grandmother said, it's too complicated, I can't use it. But then 20 years later, you got her an iPad and it was actually easy enough to use. Uh, And 10 years after she said that, she picked up her corded phone in the kitchen and that corded phone, yeah, it was still analog, but it was analog to a local node. Then it turned into the internet. It shot halfway across the country, turned back into analog on the other end. That is where I think Bitcoin will really start to shine in the mid, in the midterm. Is it will become the backroads. It will become the eunuchs of the new financial system. You'll still be trading in dollars. You'll still be spending dollars, but you won't realize that that international wire uh, went from forty dollars to uh, three dollars and took. Used to take four business days and now takes half a day. And it's because they're settling that international transaction in Bitcoin. You so, send dollars, but they're settling the transaction in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So just like the analog phone was actually using the internet and your grandma just didn't know it, I think we will, the underlying tools, the infrastructure of the financial network will start to leverage uh, Bitcoin as a settlement and uh, like contracting system. Uh, particularly internationally. Without a doubt, it will take over the international market first. Um, but we'll still think we're using fiat. We'll still think we're using dollars and yen uh, to do those transactions. We'll just suddenly wonder why it got cheaper and faster and easier to do.
1: So can you give me just a random,
0: when do you think that's going to be? What you mean, like when we're actually using Bitcoin, denominating things in Bitcoin? Yeah. That, that's kind of my 20-year time frame. 20? Yeah, Uh, all right. You guys heard first. The guys want exclusive. (laughs) Uh, When we're talking about like where it really starts to become a major, major piece of like the the behind the scenes, you know, the Linux to the internet. Everybody uses Windows and Mac OS and Android, but they don't realize that eighty percent of the internet actually runs on Linux. It will become the Linux in half that time, like so eight to ten years, like I think just shy of twenty thirty. Uh, we'll be really talking about it as like a core part of the global infrastructure.
2: And other right. crypto, other cryptocurrencies like the Netscape in this scenario.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like an alternative to TCPIP, you know, like uh, some of like the vast majority of them are such arbitrary differences. And so many of them actually trade off the security and the trust in the network uh, in order to like put some wing digits in it, you know, like just like, just kind of crap. I think the vast majority of them, maybe there will be place for a second or third protocol for like 10% of the value or some very explicit use case like privacy, maybe. Um, But I think it's a stretch. And the more and more I learn about it, the less I think that, uh, because I think these solutions will just be built on top of Bitcoin. And then their value case will just kind of go up in the air like we all speak tcpip like no matter what we're doing we make a ftp connection we're doing it with tcpip you know we're doing a streaming we're doing it with tcpip uh like you know like vhs and betamax one of them just died like it just mm-hmm. became vhs and it wasn't because you know but yeah okay betamax was like quality is a little bit better or this that or the other But it doesn't really matter. The network effect catches because the the differences are so unbelievably minimal um, that as long as it does that core function and it does it most reliably, that one will take off and run with it. And I think Bitcoin already has that dominant position so unquestionably that, you know, the other ones are gambles uh, much more so than Bitcoin. Like at this point, I think something really just has to kill Bitcoin for it, not to uh, become the standard.
1: And that's Laserdisc. All right, (laughs)
0: HD DVD, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Guy, uh, I can't thank you enough. You've been incredibly generous with your time. Uh, We're going to get you out of here. We just need to come back to our last segment. Three answers when we come back to get the answers of those three questions from the start of the show. Um, And the first one was about uh, about what the first uh, what the first purchase was that was made with uh, Bitcoin. Is that correct?
2: Yes. And yeah. Jim. What did you say?
1: I said moon rocks, and Harry said
0: socks. What's hilarious is socks is actually close. Um, oh. <laughs> one of the first stores. Uh, this is this is not the first purchase, but one of the first stores that was like we accept Bitcoin was actually a store that sold alpaca socks. Oh, and, wow! Uh, it was a huge meme in Bitcoin for a long time that <laughs> people like you can't buy anything with Bitcoin. It's like alpaca socks, like right here. <laughs> How do you like like that, Jim? But it was the Moonrock
1: department that actually made the first sale.
0: (laughs) Uh, The very first thing purchased with Bitcoin was uh, Laszlo uh, Hanyaks traded 10,000 Bitcoin for two Supreme Pizzas. Oh, my God. (laughs) Somebody else ordered him pizza and he sent them 10,000 Bitcoin. Don't worry. uh, He is totally fine. He is actually the guy who invented GPU mining. Um, So he has he has more left over. Um, uh, he he. In fact, they've interviewed him before, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm actually really glad I have that spot in history. <laughs> totally um, fine. I, I mean, it's really the really only reason
1: it. we all know the name Laszlo Hanyx Yeah, Hanyecz. <laughs> right. Sorry, I, was, I get my Laszlo's confused.
2: That's got to yeah. be the happiest pizza delivery guy ever. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's one thing is people don't talk about the guy who ordered the pizza for him (laughs) and received the $10,000. That's
1: a great point. Yeah. All right. uh, So question number two was more about uh, why is government money bad money? I'll let you say it, guy.
0: That was three. I'm I'm sorry. What was two? Gold. (laughs) Why is it better than gold?
1: Thank you. Why is it better than gold? And (laughs) I said because there's a finite amount. And then Harry told me that that's stupid and there's a finite amount of gold as well. But, Hara, you said it was because of gold falling out of favor and security, and then you went into something about believing in yourself.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, All correct answers. (laughs) I'm sorry. What we were really looking for was you can buy drugs. (laughs) Uh, No, so uh, actually on the scarcity point is – uh, gold is scarce, yes, but um, it is actually far less scarce than Bitcoin. Like it's finite, but you they still the inflation rate is like 1.8 percent a year. And if the price of gold goes up, it increases because they go find more of it. Like you know, suddenly it's profitable to dig into a new mountain, uh, and so now the inflation rate is two percent or something like that. But historically, it's a very reliably scarce uh, commodity or uh, metal. Um, therefore. Uh, in relation to everything else, it's been the best money. Bitcoin is the only thing that has ever existed that we can't make more of. There's just 21 million end of story. Um, so it's inflation rate right now is actually equal to gold's. It's like 1.72% or something like that. Uh, and in three years that will cut in half. And then in another four years after that, it will cut in half again. And it will cut in half again. Uh, in very short order, within the next year or two, it will be the scarcest monetary asset on the planet. Uh, and then uh, that will be cut in half very shortly after that, and there will be no going back. It will be the scarcest thing that we, the 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 most secure thing from a unit perspective uh, that we have to use as money.
1: All right. Uh, so I'll take that point. And then question number three. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three was about, uh, uh, what guy, why don't you tell us what question
0: number three was please? Okay. Why is fiat money bad? Why is government money bad?
1: So Hari said it was because of the influence of government. And then I said it was because the Democrats
0: stole the election. Yeah. (laughs) Also both correct answers. (laughs) Uh, actually the, the, the government influence is pretty much it, um, is because somebody has a master key. It's provably unfair money. While Bitcoin is provably fair, Uh, fiat is provably, uh, you know, you know, the reason, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, you heard that phrase all the time Mm -hmm. Money doesn't grow on trees, because if it grew on trees, uh, we would just call them leaves. Like they would fall to the ground. We'd rake them up and we'd set them on fire. You know, like, like they would be worthless because they are not scarce. Uh, fiat money is as if, uh, these three or four special people have money that grows on trees. And it's illegal for everyone else to sell the seeds um, or to plant their own tree. And their house gets confiscated if they plant a tree. Uh, and uh, those people get to pull the leaves off of their trees and buy up all of our stuff. That is literally the system we have right now, is that one literally a handful of institutions can get loans at prices that don't actually exist in the market because it's newly issued money. And there are institutions that say, oh, uh, it's really important for the economy right now that we have $6 trillion to divvy up against among our subsidy friends and our corporate friends and our political friends and all this stuff. And it's really great for the economy because it's going to produce a whole lot of jobs for people who are then going to buy your stuff that you work really, really hard for and they get essentially for free. Um, so yeah, that's why fiat money is bad because somebody can counterfeit it and there are people who can counterfeit it at no expense. Whereas if you counterfeit it, you go to jail.
1: That makes a ton of sense. Um we can't thank you enough. I mean, this has been awesome. I, I know you can talk on the subject all day and we've we've certainly taken uh, a lot of your time. I'm jumping right on an episode. I'm not awesome.
0: gonna do a recording. So. I love it. Good.
1: What um so Bitcoin Audible, uh, Shitcoin Insider, those are the two podcasts. Where yep. else? If people wanna reach out to you, social, uh uh what else would
0: you like to share with us today? Uh yeah. So I'm Guy Swan on Twitter. Like that's just my main account. Is the the handle is actually the crypto economy, even though crypto is kind of a scammy-ish word now. Um, I, I took that name way before crypto was actually a thing. So I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> okay. Um, but I still I still like the name, so I'm keeping <laughs> it. It's like it's like the network or whatever that I'm, I'm building around. Um, but that's my handle is The Crypto Economy, but you can just search Swan, You'll see my little cartoon picture. And uh, Shitcoin Insider is a new podcast, uh, but uh, I'm really excited about it and people have seemed to really enjoy it recently. But you can get to all of that at Guy Swan and that's S W A N N dot com. Uh, I kind of link to like my most recent things, my YouTube channel, uh, most recent podcast episodes, and that sort of stuff. So that's probably a good place to just like if you want to get to all the stuff, the Twitter instagram and the podcasts
1: all kinds of great information on there as well um uh yeah hey we can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time um i'm definitely Absolutely. looking to keep learning more this was incredibly informative today and uh helped me make us helped me make sense of a lot and i hope it did the same for our listeners so yeah. uh again guy thanks for joining us check them out uh and uh we'll be right back thank you guy Oh, man, that was Guy Swan, who uh, made so much sense of uh, of Bitcoin to me. I mean, I I felt like I wanted to take this more general crypto, some of the differences. But he quickly clarified that Bitcoin's the major player. That's uh, everything else is kind of wrapped around it and really helped dig into kind of what makes it so unique and different. Uh, uh, James, I know you've been on this kick for a little while already. Hari, what did you think?
2: Where did this change things for you? It really changed my perspective of the value of it. like Because I'm one of those people that I just read in the news, oh, bit, one Bitcoin is now $20,000. And when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, this thing's just going to explode. Uh, what justifies that kind of valuation? When you look at the bigger picture, like Guy was explaining that this is just, it's not, if you don't look at it like you're speculating or trying to, you know, make a quick extra dollar out of it, but you're actually just, Buying into a better system of currency changes your whole, the whole way you look at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think
1: it's uh it's fascinating. I, I understand some things so much better. But then there are other roads we went down and it's like, ah, shit. Now I got to <laughs> understand the different types of wallets that are out there. And yeah. Yeah. I got to understand mining better and things like that. So but it's uh, it, it certainly gave me the, the structure I need to, to learn more and understand more about why, you know, it, that when Bitcoin goes up, that doesn't mean that Ethereum, you know, or, or these other cryptos are going to go up. Also, they are they are separate entities.
3: They're shit coins.
1: The shit coins, absolutely. I want to check out that podcast too, the shit coin inside. That's I like that stuff. That sounds fun.
2: And I think it's important to to emphasize again that you don't. I mean, just because you read that, you know, one Bitcoin is nineteen or twenty thousand dollars, you don't need that in order to get involved. You buy fractional pieces, just like you right. would a dime and nickel.
3: That's honestly what I thought at first. I, a lot of people that I talk to, because you, know, you, you guys know I've been posting about it nonstop. But like what? The, the no. One, no. Yeah, me? <laughs> the, one, the number one question I always get is like, I don't have, not, like, you have $19,000? No, I do not have $19,000. <laughs> but, uh, and you don't need it. You can buy, like, you know, a SAT is like one fraction of a penny. So just start stacking SATs as slowly as you can. Uh, Or as fast as you can, you know, whatever's comfortable for you. But you don't have to be rich to get into this. James, where do you buy? I'm just curious. Um, So I do. You know, I started at Coinbase. Um, It Uh was just, it was a super. It's Coinbase is super easy to use. It's very user friendly. They offer incentives. It's actually really good. I would recommend starting there for everybody because uh, they have these little like quizzes that you can take for free crypto. And honestly, what I did, I took all the quizzes. And then I just converted all that crypto into Bitcoin. There you go. So like, but you can, I think you can get about a hundred uh, US dollars worth of free crypto if you use wow. Coinbase. And then I store my Bitcoin on a wallet outside of Coinbase uh, and the wallet I use is mycelium. James, did you learn anything new? I'm curious. Oh, yeah. I, I, you knew a lot of this, but. I definitely learned that uh, I'm probably not going to invest in any shitcoin. Yeah, it seems like a negative. It's, I mean, it's too, you know, for me, and everyone has their own tastes. I don't want to be a day trader. I want to invest in something. And if you want to day trade, I mean, I'm on Coinbase all the time, uh, just looking at all the, you know, all the shitcoin, altcoin, whatever you want to call them, going up and down. And it is, it is a roller coaster. And most of them do kind of follow Bitcoin pretty closely, but you're just speculating on the technology that runs Bitcoin. So, yeah. If you want to get in, why wouldn't you just buy the gold? Buy Bitcoin.
1: Right. Right. That's it. Buy the gold versus the speculation of the mining equipment.
2: Yeah. I, I, I liked your analogy, buy the gold and stop tinkering with the mining equipment. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I would say Uh-oh. that if you want to tinker with the mining equipment, oh, uh, adultplayground.com. This is. going to be. Wide open.
1: Come on. Oh. This is unreal, Hari. I can't believe you just did that to me and the people. Unbelievable. Have um, I told well you guys about
2: frisbeedogs.com yet? No. What? No. Wait a
1: minute. Frisbeedogs.com? We're going to save
2: that. Yeah, we'll I, save that for next
1: episode. Is this another business idea?
2: It is an excellent business idea. An, <laughs> I would not I, I would I not assume that. Really is the appropriate <laughs> word. All right.
1: So, will you tell us about it next episode? I will. Awesome. All right. Then let's get out of here. Uh, as always, James, thank you for all your hard work. Hari wonderful to hear your voice you for well. all of us here uh rate review subscribe thanks for listening uh I'm sure we picked up a few new listeners today share, feel free to go back and check out with share the podcast
3: Check maybe out lost some a of the,
1: <laughs> what'd you say maybe lost a couple along the way <laughs> maybe probably lost a few along the way as well very fair if you're still here uh share check it out check out some of our other episodes let us know how you feel uh for harry and james i'm jim flanagan this is what do we know
0: That will do it for today. I really, really love this interview. So uh, don't forget to check out those guys. uh, If you want more of the What Do We Know podcast at guyswan.com slash WDWK. Uh, And then also I've got Giacomo's excellent piece on the hop cycle and applying it to Bitcoin coming and another great one on the way titled Wittgenstein's Money. You are not going to want to miss these and they are coming later this week. So don't forget to subscribe to Bitcoin Audible and follow at Bitcoin Audible on Twitter. And until then, everybody, take it easy, guys.